The NBA annual GM survey has been released. And as you'd expect, the LA Clippers got some glowing reviews from league executives. Picked as the team to improve the most and the third favorite to win the championship, is it time to finally shed the underdog mentality and embrace being favorites? I'm going to be talking about it all on today's Locked On Clippers. You are Locked On Clippers, your daily Los Angeles Clippers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yes, sir. You are locking in with the Clips. Thank you for making Locked On Clippers the first listen of your day, your team every day. I'm your host, 18 years of Clipper fan, Darian Vaziri. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at DimeDropperPod. I have my own YouTube channel known as Dime Dropper, where I go live after LA basketball games and, of course, take Clipper vlogs when I attend games and various LA sporting events. And I'm also big on the history of the NBA, so if you're into that, Go subscribe, and if you're a basketball fan, go subscribe. But for today's episode, I did talk a couple weeks ago about an ESPN survey, but the real deal, the annual GM survey that's released every year and causes, you know, headlines and people to talk about it, including myself here at Locked On Clippers. We're going to talk about it today. And the Clippers are a big topic of discussion here because... They are a championship contender. And that brings us to today's question for you guys because it's the fastest way to grow the show by subscribing to the YouTube channel and commenting on the YouTube question of the day. And that is, is it finally time to just embrace being the favorite as Clipper fans? Is it time to embrace being the favorite? As Clipper fans, we are so used and accustomed to this underdog mentality, being the second-tier L.A. team to the Lakers, quote-unquote, it's very easy to get overshadowed and not be the talk of the town. Now, that being said, in recent years in Los Angeles, both teams have been talk of the town, especially since Kawhi Leonard came to Los Angeles alongside Paul George. But this year just feels different. And 2019-20 also felt different in the sense that The Clippers are no longer underdogs. They have the expectation and the weight of the world on their shoulders, in a way. In 2019-20, you saw those expectations so high from fans, players. I mean, I'll speak for myself. I was all in and thinking that the Clippers are going to win the championship from the second they signed Kawhi Leonard. I was fully on board the championship hype train. The players didn't do a good job of, of... keeping the noise down, they just turned it up. I mean, from the get-go, Paul George said, I don't know if any, uh, when we're healthy, who's going to have, people are going to have trouble scoring on us. I don't know who's going to score on us, something along those lines. Montrezl Harrell went on first take or the jump, I think it was the jump, and said, oh, it's over. It's a wrap or something along those lines as well. And then, of course, the famous Patrick Beverly and Lou Williams Instagram story after the news came out in Vegas When they were saying, talk to us, talk to us. And of course, there was a rumor that Patrick Beverly stood on a table in Vegas and said, I just won the NBA championship. 
Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but considering Patrick Beverly went on top of a scores table for beating the Clippers in a playing game, I wouldn't put it past him to do some attention-seeking stunt like that. And the point is, the expectations were so high and the pressure was so high that the Clippers just came crashing down and capitulated in front of all the pressure and all the hype. And it's just a position that as fans we're not used to and don't seem to enjoy. I think all of us as Clipper fans love being the underdog because it's what we're used to throughout history. And even during Lob City, you know, people expect, I wouldn't even say we were the underdog then. People expected a lot of Lob City and they kind of came, you know, crashed down to earth with the high expectations that they got and did not live up to the pressure. And, you know, look no further than the 2015 series against the Houston Rockets. And then I feel like in 2019, Clipper fans really embraced that team because they resembled that underdog mentality again, where the Clippers and nobody expected them to make the playoffs. And they did with just sheer hard work, taking advantage of everybody sleeping on them and made it. And of course, the huge upset against Golden State in game two, winning two games in that series. I mean, that was just as Clipper-like as it gets in the good sense, the new Clippers. Embracing the underdog mentality, performing above standard, and pleasing the fans with hard work and dedication. But when you have star players on your team, like Chris Paul, like Blake Griffin, and now in this case, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, you're going to have expectations. It's inevitable. And last season, again, we as fans kind of came back to that underdog mentality because we didn't have Kawhi Leonard. And for large stretches, we didn't have Paul George. But have you noticed there's a common denominator here? With all these seasons, the Clippers don't go very far. You need expectations in order to win a championship. You don't just win a championship out of the blue. You know, if if you start out as a team like, let's take the 2015 Warriors, for example. If you start out the season without championship expectations, but as the season progresses, you're one of the best teams in the league, you're going to have those expectations now going into the playoffs. That's just how it goes. And in the 2021 season, I feel like the Clippers were so ridiculed from the 2020 collapse that nobody really took them seriously in terms of winning the championship. People were saying that Tyron Lue was just LeBron's crony. He didn't know how to be an elite coach on his own. Paul George was playoff P, pandemic P. He just can't get over the hump mentally. It was like Kawhi is the only one we trust and everybody else is kind of suspect. And of course... When Kawhi Leonard went down, the Clippers yet again were underdogs and got over the hump. So it feels like every time we lose hope on the Clippers, at least this is for me, every time I lose hope on the Clippers in terms of expecting them to win, they always seem to win. They seem to find a way to surprise me. But whenever I expect, I get my heart broken. And that's what's making me and other fans right now very hesitant to buy in to this championship or bust mindset because we've had it only one time and ended up devastated. However, ladies and gentlemen, there's no looking away. uh, There's no going around it. Like, I want to say that it's not championship or bust this season, but you've listened to me on the show. It is. The Clippers team is too good. You're telling me that if the Clippers lost in the championship, you'd be satisfied just because the Clippers made their first championship? Absolutely not. Because you don't know how many chances you're going to get. What if the Clippers stay healthy this year, don't get it done, and the next year go back to getting injured? You just don't know. You don't know when the next time you're going to get there is. And that's why 
you know, as far as the Boston Celtics, they have a young core with Tatum and Jalen Brown that could compete for titles for years to come. But with Milwaukee having Giannis in his prime and these other teams strengthening, you just don't know if the Celtics are going to get back there this year or in the near future. I mean, I think they personally are going to win a championship in the next five years, Boston. But that's an estimate. There's no guarantees in this business. And the Clippers... Again, going to the conference finals and losing, even though if it's to the Warriors, I still think that's disappointing because if we get to the conference finals with Kawhi and Paul healthy, there's no excuses. I mean, if you were to tell somebody or yourself, ask yourself, if someone was to tell you that when we got Kawhi or when the Clippers got Kawhi Leonard, by the way, I'm just going to say this right now because I haven't said this on the podcast. The toughest part about doing this show is not saying we. Okay, guys, I've been used to saying we for the Clippers my entire life. It's second nature. I've been here for 18 years. It's so hard. It's so hard. So I'll actually, secondary question in the comment section. It's not going to be the pinned one. But do you prefer if I say we or does it sound too fanboy-y? Because you know what's funny? A lot of you guys have criticized me in the comments for being too negative sometimes and being too critical of certain guys. So if you guys like me fanning out and stuff like that, because it seems like a lot of Clipper fans just love people being diehard Clipper fans and relate to that, then please, by all means, say that we like you saying we, we don't care, it's fine. Because it's, it's like second nature for me. But the point is, in 2020, I was heartbroken at the result because I expected the championship. And now I have to expect the championship again. So my question was, if somebody had told you when the Clippers had signed Kawhi Leonard and Paul George that they wouldn't win a championship in the first three years, you'd probably say that's a disappointment. I would have said it's a disappointment. I mean, I wasn't going to be, if somebody had said, if you don't win the first year, would it be a disappointment? I'd say, no, it's just the first year. But three years? Yeah, I'd say it's a disappointment when you get Kawhi and Paul George in their primes. But obviously, unforeseen circumstances like Kawhi Leonard missing an entire season were not in those predictions. But now we're at season four of this Kawhi and Paul George era. And it's really just put up or shut up. There's no way around it. And so for the actual results of the GM survey, the Clippers ended up getting the third most votes for which team will win the 2023 NBA Finals. The Milwaukee Bucks were number one and the Golden State Warriors were number two. Clippers were number three with 21% of the vote. I have no problem with that. ESPN, the mix of execs, scouts, and GMs picked the Clippers with the most votes to win the championship, which again, I think is a little too much pressure. I think the Bucks and the Warriors are fair picks considering they're the last two champions and the Clippers have never been in the finals and obviously have all the questions surrounding them health-wise. But there's no way to deny that it's championship robust and it's time to embrace it. And I'm going to be going over more I'm going to be going more in depth about the GM survey and the results that pertain to the Clippers coming up and also tell you the best way to cope and the best way to attack this upcoming season in terms of championship robust and embracing that mentality. Let me talk about that coming up. The Philadelphia 76ers are plus three and a half on opening night against the Boston Celtics. Considering the moves they made in the offseason, DeAnthony Melton, P.J. Tucker, Montrezl Harrell, and a slimmed and trimmed James Harden, according to himself, I would not be opposed to placing a bet on the Sixers to beat the Boston Celtics on opening night, especially after the whole Ime Udoka scandal. There's a lot of tension around the Celtics, a lot of question marks. I would place a bet on the Sixers. And to do that, you got to go to Bet Bet Online is your fastest and best place 
to find all of the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in-depth articles and analysis on every game you can find. And it's not just the NBA or basketball. You can get it for football, college football, soccer, boxing. The MLB playoffs start this weekend. So go and place your bets on the Dodgers to win the World Series. Why not? We got a great team this year. As you see my LA hat, if you're watching the YouTube version, go place your bets on those Dodgers. The fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games is on betonline.net, but you can also use your mobile device to learn more. BetOnline, where the game starts. Okay, so looking more in depth at this GM survey, and by the way, I wanted to say about the last episode I did, a couple of things I wanted to clarify. Musa Diabate is actually on a two-way contract, so he will spend some time with the Agua Caliente Clippers. And then you also have Brandon Boston, who's on a guaranteed contract. So those are not the guys in question. We have one more two-way contract to give out. So we'll see what the Clippers do with that. But here we go. The Clippers, as I said, were picked third to win the 2023 NBA Finals. But as far as the Western Conference, the Clippers actually got the most votes. The Warriors and the Clippers split 48% of the vote. But the Clippers got more second place votes with 38% to the Warriors 28%. And that gave the Clippers a 32% leading total percentage or leading percentage total to win the West. So the the GMs are going all in on the Clippers, ladies and gentlemen. And it's time for you to go in all, go all in on the Clippers. And I'm going to tell you how to cope with this a little easier. So I want to just say this first off. There is no right way to fan for your team. Some fans are a lot more critical. They'll get on the team at the slightest miscue. They'll get on a player when they have a bad game. They'll be very reactionary and say they want this guy traded after a bad game. They'll say we have no chance of winning the championship after a bad loss in January. And if you want to be one of those guys... I recommend you you aren't too much of a prisoner of the moment and don't take one result too easily, or I'm sorry, one result too seriously. But if that's the way you support and that's the way you fan for the Clippers, then by all means, do you. If you're one of those fans that can't say a negative thing about a player, that can't criticize the players, then that's on you too. Do you. There's no right way to fan. Now, this is how I'm thinking about it this season. There's no way around hiding my expectations. I already talked about the championship or bust thing for the playoffs, but as far as the regular season, people are going to say all throughout the season, it's the regular season. Don't take it too seriously. It's the regular season. Don't overreact after a loss. It's the regular season. Don't overreact after a three-game losing streak. Here's what I say to that. I don't want to downplay the regular season anymore, guys. I really don't. Because I think as Clipper fans and Lob City and even the beginning, uh, the 2021 and 20 season, and yes, I said 2021, we totally downplayed the regular season. Go back and check some of those results towards the latter end of the season and how much we rested Kawhi and Paul George. And you know, the funny part is, it's not funny actually, but we rested Kawhi Leonard and we're very precautionary with him only for him to get injured again. So again, it's all a probability game. There's no guarantee for injuries. All I'm saying is this. That season, the Clippers didn't know their lineups and identity as much. They were still... Terrence Mann was not a regular fixture in the lineup all the time. If you recall, the first two games against Dallas, he wasn't even getting consistent guaranteed minutes. And of course, to start the season, Luke Kennard wasn't either because of Lou Williams' presence on the team. 
So there were a lot more question marks. And even though there are still question marks of the Clippers rotation this season, it's a lot more, you know what everybody can do. Like Luke Kennard has had big moments in the Clipper jersey. You know what he can do. He just led the league in three-point percentage. Terrence Mann has already had that game six experience, has already established himself as an integral part of the team. Norman Powell, albeit hasn't established himself as the Clipper really yet, he's going to play, and you know what he can do. And he did play a couple games for the Clippers last year, and then Robert Covington, he, he fits in perfectly like a glove wherever you put him. John Wall and Luke Kennard and Norman Powell managing those minutes alongside Reggie Jackson, that'll be the challenge. But I think it'll... I don't see the Clippers making some huge trade this season. I really don't. Unless maybe they ship off Marcus Morris Sr. in the middle of the season or Norman Powell if it doesn't work out. But I don't even want to talk about that right now. The point is that the coaching staff has much more familiarity and continuity with this team. So it's not like they have to figure things out as much. And Tyron Lue's already been here, now going into his third season. So the 2021 season, 2020, I still think it was just... Too much of a let's just be healthy for the playoffs and let's not care about what seed we get mentality. And I think that's wrong. Again, I'm going to repeat it. Only two teams have finished below the three seed and won the championship. The 95 Rockets and the 69 Celtics. And I do not think the Clippers, with all their bad luck and bad juju, are going to be one of those teams to do that. I think they have to get a top three seed. And to do that, they need to take the regular season seriously. Play Paul George and Kawhi when they're healthy on games that are not back-to-backs. They should hopefully play almost all of those. And the rest of the players should play hard and take every game seriously. But I think they will. That's one thing with Ty Lue that the Clippers have done a much better job of. And that's the consistent effort. One thing with Glenn Rivers, you just didn't know what team you were going to get some nights. But with Ty Lue, they play very hard every night and make the fans proud, including myself. So... If the Clippers lose one game to a bad team in the regular season, it's okay to be mad. It's okay to hold this team to a high standard and be reactionary about that. I just I just wouldn't fly off with takes like, oh, this def- the Clippers are definitely not winning the championship because they lost to Orlando in November. You know what I'm saying? I would never say that. But if the Clippers put a- together a bad string of games and lose a couple games in a row and you have doubts about them winning the championship, that's fair. That's fair because when you are a championship contender, you're going to get every team's best shot, which is good. That prepares you for the playoffs, if anything. And the Clippers need to be ready for that. And as fans, you need to be ready for that as well. So, yes, there's going to be fans that downplay regular season losses. There's going to be fans that exaggerate what regular season losses mean. I plan on being a little bit of a middle grounder. On Dime Dropper, though, on my own personal channel, I'm going to really react like crazy because I want to give you guys a different side. But... Over here on Locked On, I'm going to be as level-headed as possible and always look at the bright side of things because as Clipper fans, we always tend to look at the bright side of things and should because there are a lot of bright things to look forward to this season. I just hope that there aren't many losing streaks and that they continue to get better as the season progresses and hopefully get that 60-win mark. And by the way, speaking of the 60-win mark, it's looking more and more realistic considering how great Victor Wembanyama and Scoot Henderson look. Because there are going to be teams when they think they're not going to make the playoffs around games 30 or 40, earlier than usual, that are going to start tanking. And those games are going to be easy pickings for the Clippers if they execute and play the right way. Even if Kawhi sits out, even if Paul George sits out, even if both sit out, playing against certain teams without their stars should be wins for this deep Clipper team. With guys like John Wall, Norman Powell, Luke Kennard, 
Marcus Morris, Reggie Jackson, guys that have just led a team to a 42-win season, and with that's without John Wall and Norman Powell, really. So they have the potential and capabilities to do that. So that's a good sign for Clipper fans, guys. The tank season is going to be stronger than ever, which means that the Clippers can get some easy wins. But that being said, the main story or moral of the story here is you can fan however you want. If you want to take the regular season more seriously than other fans, do so. If you don't, do as you please as well. But I'm not going to lie, guys. I'm going to be hanging on every result this season. I really am. I really want the Clippers to get 60 wins. And is it the end of the world if they don't? No. But I would rather the Clippers have their best season in franchise history record-wise and surpass Lob City's mark. This team is much better than Lob City. But I know what you're going to say. Who cares if we finish with a better record than Lob City if we win the championship? Again, during the regular season, there are no guarantees of winning the championship. So I'm obviously going to be all in on those results. Come on, Clippers. Let's get a 60-win season. Let's get it, boys. <laughs> and yes, as fans, I want to take every game seriously because, yeah, there's a tendency when you don't have the expectations like in 2019 and, the, and last season to not trip over losses and certain things like that because it's like, well, this team is not supposed to do this. This team is not supposed to do this. It's not the case anymore. As a Clipper fan in 2021 and 2020, you expect to win every game. You did. Because we're the Clippers and we have Kawhi and Paul George and a great supporting cast and now we can't make excuses about the coach. We should win every game. Like, if, if, you know, obviously that's not going to happen. But the point is, you should go into it thinking that because our team is so good. And because of that, that's where the disappointment comes in. And what's the old saying? It's the hope that kills you. Hey, it's kill or be killed this season, Clipper Nation. And I think it's time you embrace it. But coming up, I'm going to finish off talking about the individual polls in the GM survey and Kawhi Leonard came up on several. I'm going to let you know what they said about our guy coming up. Okay. So I'm going to read some of the, some of the, you know, results from around individual players that the GMs commented on. One was who was going to win the MVP and Luka Doncic won that vote with almost half of it. 48%. And I think it's been a couple of seasons now that they've talked about Luka winning MVP. And he hasn't done it, mainly because the Mavericks record hasn't been good enough. And I don't know if it'll be good enough this season. But considering Nikola Jokic just won with a six seed, you never know. The next question is, if you were starting a franchise today and could sign any NBA player, who would it be? Giannis won with 55%. Luka Doncic was second with 45%. So just those two. Very interesting. Which player forces opposing coaches to make the most adjustments? Steph Curry with 52% over half the vote. And I don't have a problem with that. Which player is most likely to have a breakout season in 2022-23? Evan Mobley of the Cavs finished first with 21% of the vote. Cade Cunningham with 17% from Detroit. Anthony Edwards with 17% as well. No Clippers in the honorable mention for that either. The best point guard in the NBA, Steph Curry, 72% of the vote. Absolutely dominated that one. And then shooting guard, Devin Booker, 45% of the vote. I agree with that one. Small forward, now we get to Kawhi. So here's the list. Kevin Durant won with 45% of the vote, which is pretty high. Uh, I mean, maybe I disagree with the number, but I would pick Kevin Durant as well. Jason Tatum was second with 24%. Luka Doncic, he's a point guard. I don't know why they put him at small forward, so I'm just going to disregard that. LeBron had 10% of the vote, and then Kawhi Leonard came in at fifth 
but really fourth if we don't count Luka with 3%. And obviously, you know Kawhi is not going to be super high in that vote considering he's coming off the ACL tear. But I think Kevin, Kawhi Leonard's right there with Kevin Durant when he's playing at his best. And considering what we saw in the preseason game, how aggressive he looked, how even though he said his legs felt heavy, I think he still looked better than I expected and didn't seem to lack that much elevation on his shot. I think that Kawhi will be right back in this conversation. Best power forward in the NBA, Giannis won with an overwhelming 86%. LeBron was second with 10%. And then center, it was Nikola Jokic with 79%. Joel Embiid with 17 But the highest percentage, obviously, as you can tell, was Giannis and Steph Curry. But here are some other things they talked about. What was the most underrated player acquisition? Number one was Malcolm Brogdon to Boston, but tied for second place. John Wall to the Clippers at 14%. So hopefully John Wall does really well and surprises people, giving the Clippers what they need in terms of that penetration and, and penetration and court vision, finding guys driving and kicking or driving and dropping it off to big men and playing well in the pick and roll or playmaking well in the pick and roll. So hopefully and obviously as many of the Clipper players have said, John Wall's ability to add pace to the team, to push that pace, get the Clippers some transition points in which they've kind of lacked in the last couple of years. So John Wall, tied for second with 14% of the vote. Love to see that. And the overwhelming favorite and winner of the which team will be most improved in the 2023 season, you guessed it, your LA Clippers. 41%. Second place was the Cleveland Cavaliers with 17 but, I mean, there's a, it's no question about it, guys, right? The Clippers have to be the most improved team in the league. And they didn't even make any really major signings, just John Wall. It's like Kawhi Leonard's coming back as like a new signing. Norman Powell feels like a new signing because he only played five games. So, it's, it's, a, it's a great time to be a Clipper fan. It's a great time to be a Clipper fan. Most improved, obviously the Clippers didn't make the playoffs last year, but they did finish eighth with a 42-40 and 40 record. And obviously, I said they should get 60 wins. If they don't get home court advantage in the first round or a top three seed, I'd be disappointed. But it seems like everybody thinks the Clippers will definitely get a top four seed and will be the most improved team in the league. So you love to see that. And then Kawhi Leonard still got some votes for best defensive player in the NBA and got third place for best perimeter defender in the NBA behind Marcus Smart and Drew Holiday. And I think that's a little bit generous considering that Kawhi doesn't usually guard the elite players for the majority of the game like these guys do. Marcus Smart, Drew Holiday, Mikhail Bridges. Paul George actually got some votes as well. But Andrew Wiggins is also on this list. And these guys, their job is to go out there and guard the best player on the other team. Kawhi Leonard's job is not to do that anymore. That's what he did in San Antonio in his first when, when Duncan and Parker and Ginobili were still great, still great players. But Kawhi doesn't have to do that anymore. And even though he's very good at defense still, great rotator, good around the basket, good hands, good laterally, can still guard really good players and elite players like we saw in the playoffs with Luka in the last two games of the series, I tend to give the credit more to what guys are actually doing, not what they can do. And Kawhi Leonard is getting a lot of respect and reputation garnering of these votes, in my opinion, because he just isn't asked to do those things anymore. So I, would, I think the Clippers, by the way, I think the Clippers' main best perimeter defender this year is going to be Terrence Mann. I think he's going to be the one that's guarding all the elite players, fighting over screens, and being the best defender the Clippers have at the point of attack. He's a workhorse. He's a dog. He's strong. He has great lateral ability. 
And I think Terrence Mann is going to show a lot of people how great of a perimeter defender he is and relieve Kawhi of that. But I'm interested to see how long this reputation thing with Kawhi in terms of like always being in these defensive conversations comes up. Because again, please don't get it twisted and make it seem like I'm saying that he's not a great defender still. He is. But he's used in a different way given his offensive load. He's only going to guard the best players, elite players at the end of games probably, if that. But with the switch, everything scheme the Clippers have, you'll see him guarding just about everybody this season. So that's going to be interesting. As far as the best defensive team in the NBA, the Boston Celtics won very commandingly with 69%. But the Clippers also received some votes as well after the top three teams. And then best head coach in the NBA, Tyron Lue was fifth with 5%. Love to see that. And Tyron Lue also finished tied for fourth on which coach is the best manager slash motivator of people. And when we talk about player management... No, look no further than what he's done with Paul George and Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson and Paul George, I mean, Paul obviously was coming off the most scrutinized postseason of his entire career, and he brought his confidence back tenfold. And then Reggie Jackson, he was moved to the bench the first couple of games of the 2021 season for messing around and taking bad shots. And ever since then, he came back in the lineup when Pat Bev got hurt. He's been a revelation. He's been unbelievable, fan favorite, won everyone over. He's just a face of the team now, and I couldn't love the guy more. Ty Lue needs a huge amount of credit for that, as well as Luke Kennard, who was hesitant to shoot when he first came to the Clippers, and Ty Lue started taking him out of games and yelling at him at practice, according to many people within the team, including himself, Kennard, and said, if you hesitate, I'm going to take you out. So I love that. So Ty Lue is absolutely in that conversation for best manager and motivation of people. And this one I love. Which head coach makes the best in-game adjustments? Ty Lue, number one with 55% of the vote. Tell me what you guys think of that. Because I love to see that. And that's obviously going from his coming back down from 2 nothing in two consecutive series with Dallas and Utah in 2021. Big adjustments made on the defensive end. Obviously, Kawhi Leonard and Paul George, mainly Kawhi Leonard, not switching off of Luka Doncic and fighting over screens. That made a huge difference. And then, of course, the small ball lineup against Rudy Gobert that totally took him out of the game and exposed the Jazz's weak perimeter defenders. So, Ty Lue, one of the best in the business, adjusting. But yeah, overall, guys, embrace the favorites mentality. Because I think... Teams that win the championships have that mentality throughout the season. It's just that as Clipper fans, we've never been rewarded for that yet. But you got to believe that this is the one that's going to be different. I know every time we get our hopes up, we get crushed. But it's time to think that that may just not happen. Believe. As Clipper fans, all we've ever had is belief. And it's time to believe even more. And if you want to believe in the entire journey and follow me along it, you can follow me on Twitter at DimeDripperPod and Instagram at DimeDripperPod. And of course, to subscribe to my YouTube channel, Dime Dropper, for the closest look at the diehard emotions of a true Clipper fan. And of course, subscribe to Locked On Clippers. Thank you guys for getting us to 700 subscribers. Now it's time to get to 800. We need to surpass Locked On Spurs and become the first, or I'm sorry, be the second to last team to get monetized and leave them on their island to get monetized. So make sure you answer today's question. Are you ready to embrace being the favorites? Is it time to finally embrace it? You let me know. Have a great day, everybody. Peace out. And you know already know how it goes. Go Clippers.